Arthur, I was really glad that we could uh, do this interview session today. So obviously I've, I've also known you for, for quite some time now. We've traveled together and we've actually worked together on some stuff, but I've always really liked your journey just because of how quickly you got to where you are and like how good you got at what you do. So just kind of give a quick introduction about what you do, what you're focusing on at the moment, and then we can just start diving deep as we as we go along. Uh, yeah, so at the moment I'm helping 3D animators, um, one, get really good at what they do, as well as helping them get clients uh, and make money online is a lot of their ultimate goal. But uh, for the most part, I just, I've got like a coaching program slash online course um, that mixed together and essentially it just helps people accelerate their progress in 3D so that they can start creating professional work um, and either get clients online or work in a studio or whatever their ultimate goal might be. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the cool thing, like what I've always liked is that you started yourself as a 3D modeler and creator. Like that's that was your passion for a long time. Actually doing the work as well. Like, yeah, I, I can't remember. But did you start that even back in school days? Uh, yeah, I did. I was doing a lot more on the video editing side, um, just as like a hobby and for fun. And slowly, slowly, I started to add in like 3D elements. And then eventually I ended up just transitioning straight into doing 3D full time. And um, yeah. Okay. Well, what were those like first videos that you made like? Were they like remix <laughs> videos or something? Uh, I used to be a big gamer. So there used to be like montage videos of like um, kill streaks and all sorts of stuff like that. But back in those days, everyone was starting to make their videos really fancy, like um, really good editing. And then you'd see some people adding in 3D elements. And um, I was one of those people that would start to add in like 3D logos of text in the video. And then you're like, oh, like, how do I make this text move with the scene? And how do I make the lighting better and this and that? And um, yeah, slowly grow into 3D by doing that. Oh, so you kind of like learned it almost as as like a need. It's like, you weren't like, like, oh, I want to learn 3D. It was like, I'm making these cool things. I see what everyone else is doing. I see they're doing 3D. Yeah. I guess I better learn a bit of 3D. Yeah, it was pretty much just like an add-on. Um, also, it was a lot more challenging than the video editing stuff, so I found it more interesting. And mm -hmm. um, when I started to see people like making fully 3D animated like montages and stuff where they literally recreate the game in 3D, um, that's what really caught my eye and made me end up switching um, to doing it. Wait, what do you or mean? Like, so in the videos, they would, the game, they would obviously have the game and then they would remake videos of the game, but fully in 3D. Pretty much, yeah. So they would, uh, they would take like a screenshot of like the game and then they would remodel the whole, uh, let's say it's like a, a, I don't know, like a car park where people mm -hmm. would like shoot each other. They would like remake the whole car park in 3D, uh, obviously stylize it where they wanted it to. And then they would animate um, characters and stuff and imitate the way that the gameplay was made. But obviously if you're animating that, you have more control in terms of like um, the graphics quality and you can swap out different things. And like, there's a lot more creative freedom with that. Um, 
but yeah, people used to make just crazy stuff. And um, I was like, I want to be able to do that. So. Oh, that's cool. I, I literally didn't know that, but it reminds me a lot of, so obviously with programming and coding and stuff, you have all these different languages, you have all these different frameworks, but the one thing people often do for like a very, very first project is a, a to-do list. So you just recreate mm. like a to-do list, but you do it in these different languages, these different frameworks, but it's like mm. you at least know what you're trying to recreate and then you're introducing like your own elements, but like you at least have this goal that you're trying to achieve as opposed to just like, I don't know what I'm trying to build, but it's like now you know yeah. and you have to do these certain things to get there. Yeah, 100%. I would, I would probably contribute that as like one of the biggest things that helped me learn really quickly. It's just um, for reference. It's like if you want to create professional product images, it's like looking at what they look like and trying to recreate that as opposed to trying to come up with things and create um, lighting techniques and stuff. A lot of people have already figured the stuff out. It's like, what does a professional image look like? Let me try and at least recreate that. And then you learn so much going along the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, even if you don't get it perfect, you, you've still at least jump in, like you kind of forcing yourself to learn the things that the top people already yeah. doing. And even if you get like 70 or 80% thereby, like imitating, it's like you're still picking up a lot of skills to do that. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me actually a lot of what I, because I, I have a YouTube channel, but I don't post a ton on there, but it's kind of like subconsciously. I just, not subconsciously, but just from what I've learned, I did that by default. I was like, okay, what are other people doing for their thumbnails? What are other people doing with their captions? Uh, what structures are people putting their videos in? And you've also mm. done that. I remember, I mean, you've got a pretty big YouTube channel as well for yourself. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, um, it's funny. It's like you just copy what works and then, or like not copy what works, but like you just follow what works and then you'll get so much further as opposed to like starting a YouTube channel, for example, and then trying to figure out like, oh, what is a good thumbnail? What's, what's going to help grow my channel? And like, trying to think of these things where so many other people have thought and tested that stuff for years. It's just like, Oh, this is working well for them. Let me just try that. And a lot of the times it works well for you as well. Cause they've tested it. Um, yeah, it's very interesting, especially in my industry. Everyone wants to be like creative. Um, but like, I almost feel like that's like a false sense of thinking, like trying to come up or be original um it's like you'll just learn so much slower that way whereas you can just copy what works um you'll learn so much more that way oh yeah. you mean especially from the start it's like don't try to be creative at the start just copy well not copy but imitate learn from people who've already done it essentially yeah that's such a big thing i get so i've had criticism in the past of like oh you're just copying this person or you're copying that or this and that and it's like I don't care necessarily about being creative or being original. I just want to create like really good work. Um, and if I'm going to copy the 10 best people out there and um, get really good, then I'll do that as opposed to like trying to start from scratch or create my own image or um, whatever. I'm just not as interested in that as a lot of the industry I'm in is. Um, yeah. It's interesting though, because it sounds like when you first started doing your video montages of gaming and stuff, like that was coming from a place of almost like passion and creation. But then 
you kind of went off into now what seems like, okay, I'm really kind of creating stuff I want to, but I want to get better at it. Was that kind of, I don't know, was that kind of like the flow of it? In a sense, like obviously when you start something, anything that you do, um, at the start, it's fun and it's creative and you exploring a lot of things, but soon that kind of gets old. You've kind of explored a lot of things that you've done. And then it's either you're just gonna keep doing that. And in my experience, I'll get bored or it's like, okay, like how can I take this to the next level? How can I get really good? And then like the goal changed from like just being creative and having fun to like, oh, let me try and become one of the best at this. Um, and that was my new goal. So it wasn't necessarily being creative or creating projects with fun. It's like, how do I make a lot of money? How do I become really good at the skill? And I just realized in order to do that, it's like, you need to copy a lot of people and learn from the mistakes that they did and also the things that they're doing right. Um, and then like, I kind of just put my ego, my creative ego to the side at that point. It's like, Hey, my new goal is to get good at this, not to create original 3d projects or whatever. Um, mm. That's actually something really interesting. You said, I want to put my creative ego to the side because I think that probably causes a lot of people to stay in that place of not making any money from something they love, but they're like, oh, I'm still staying true to my passion. But it's like, you're not, you don't have the base, you don't have the income to keep doing this thing forever. But if you kind of step away and just like, hey, I'm going to have to do some things I don't like or not as passionate yeah. about, but then I can in the future. Yeah, it is uh, It is quite a funny thing. I've noticed in so many different areas, not just like in 3D, um, a lot of people, it's like uh, the ego just gets in the way. It's like they don't want to copy people because it's not original or care about what people think or this or that. It's like me personally at the space I'm in right now, I would 100% copy someone if it made me a lot of money. Like I wouldn't care what my mom or my friends or this or that person thinks. Cause that's not what I value in life, you know? Um, yeah. for me, like money, honestly, is something I value just because that's so useful. You can do so much with it. Um, so it's like, if I'm going to hundred percent be copied and like everyone hates me for it, it's like, so what? Um, whereas I feel like a lot of people, there's such a big thing in 3d. It's like, they want to be creative. They want to create things brand new. But unfortunately, when it comes to getting hired by companies and stuff, they're not looking for creative people necessarily. Mm. They, they want to return, you know, like they want someone that can create professional work. Yes, like they want something new and like um, creative in a sense, but ultimately companies want to make money and they will take someone that's um, less creative and can produce predictable, um, high quality work versus someone that's like, always taking too long to make the projects because he's like always thinking about like how can i make something new and this and that and like someone that's more unreliable um but more creative uh, i don't know if that makes sense but yeah yeah no from the way i interpret it it's like obviously you don't want to go actually copying people like oh i create this mm-hmm. but it's like no i was inspired by this i'm trying to model this to learn use it as a framework like once you know that yeah. framework, then you can kind of move around again. Like it reminds me a lot of music when I was playing a lot of guitar uh, a long, like a while back is that you need to know like the bit of theory and you learn that often by learning other people's songs. You don't go say, I wrote this song, but you do covers of it essentially, but you mm. like, hey, this is someone else's, but I learned to play it. And this is like my 
rendition of it but you've picked up all those skills along and then you can mm. introduce your own personality and you make your shifts from that point and that's how you end up with like all these cool new bands and sounds and everything same i imagine with 3d and creation yeah 100 it's like um i forgot what the quote was but it's like you can either i'd rather learn from the people that made all the mistakes and figure it out myself like there's um it's like if you if you're gonna cross a street it's like you'd rather instead of figuring out how to cross the street correctly like learn from someone <laughs> else who's crossed the street safely you know um it's yeah. like the same it was like it's a bit extreme but it's the same principle with everything it's like this whole concept of coaching and learning and stuff it's like um learn from people that have done it before um and then that way you'll get there a lot faster as opposed to like trying to come up with it in your own way or figuring out your own path. And then at least when you're really good at it, then you can be more creative and like have more options and decide what you want to do um, and the way you want to do it. Um, and it's better to do it that way as opposed to trying to figure it out from the start. You'll just take, you'll spend so much time. I've done that. So I know you'll <laughs> waste a lot of time. Um, yeah. What do you have? What was that moment for you when you, you, change from like okay i'm doing this out of passion to like no let me become the best learn the skills learn the techniques like was there a specific moment that you got like switch to that mindset um well i guess well for me it wasn't really like a choice necessarily so like i dropped out of high school and um when i dropped out it was like you you, it's kind of like do or die kind of moment like if you this is the only thing i was really good at um and it was like yeah you have to get you have to get really good at something and at the time 3d was the thing that i knew the most um it's either that or you just become like one of those failure high school dropouts and all that stuff and for me that just wasn't the way i wanted the rest of my life to be um mm. so i had no choice it's like yo you just become really good not necessarily because i wanted to become good because but more so it's like a survival kind of thing um and uh yeah that's if you like a high school dropout and you've <laughs> barely got any skills or anything besides like creating 3d objects on a computer it's like well I, I guess i have to get really good at this one thing that uh i at least know uh, quite well at the time and yeah luckily it worked out <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. now i feel like that also comes down to like i've always felt that you've had really good mindsets like i feel like that's even back then that's a good mindset a lot of people might feel sorry for themselves and just kind of give up almost but it seems like your default was like well shit i've got to make something work now and you just kind of like put your head down and start doing it yeah, in a sense, I, I grew up around a lot of movies and I, I kind of adopted the hero story and always saw myself as that, like the hero in all the movies and the series and stuff like that. And when I dropped out of high school, it kind of hit me really hard that that wasn't where my life was going. Um, and that, that was a very painful moment. And it was like, you, you have no choice. You have to become the hero just because like, that's kind of what I grew up watching quite a lot of the time. Um, and uh, I would say that was like a big influence in terms of like my drive. Um, in a sense, it's like if you grow up with 
if you grow up around people that are always successful, and for me, the successful people are in movies and series, but in the same sense, like if you grow up with people that are very successful and you can see yourself becoming a failure, it's like you're very pressured to not go down that route and be like all the people that you grew up as. In my case, it was just fictional characters on TV, but it's the same um, kind of concept. Um, yeah, that was probably a big drive for me. Yeah, I, I mean, speaking about like, you saying like fictional, like the how the characters weren't like in your world, but I guess it's almost like the same as having online mentors these days. It's like, yeah, you mm. might not be on the same continent, you might not be in the same place, but there, like you, there's Facebook groups with people who have good mindsets. There's mentors you can obviously pay who have these good mindsets and will push you. I guess it's kind of like just watching like very super inspirational movies just all the time, but then you're actually also yeah. think you actually take action at the same time. You can have it back and forth as well. Yeah, it definitely wires your brain to, like at least for me, it wired my brain to be like one of the best. Um, didn't really matter what it was, just because a lot of the movies I was watching, everyone was being like the best of what they did. Um, definitely wired my brain that way. And then the same as like, after I dropped out, it's like the type of people I was watching or like, the best business people, the best 3D people, the best health and relationships people. Um, and just, yeah, if you do that for a few years, your brain's just gonna get wired. It's kind of like the osmosis, like an average of the people you hang out with. So if you're just listening to that all that all the time, um, it wires your brain to think the way very successful people think. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that, that's been a big thing for me is because I, didn't have the best mindsets growing up and I still have a lot of them kind of like they pop up now and then but it's like when you've had it for so long of like kind of the water on the stone like drips 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 and carves like a deep root so like it takes also just as not just as long but it also takes a while to undo those mindsets so it's like you really yeah. have to be immersed with those good mindsets good people good influences type of thing yeah 100% like I I've the, the easiest the best advice I give to people like that want to like be successful or like be really good at something. It's like you hang around the people that have what you want and like a five, 10, 15 years ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And you just spend as much time around them. Cause in a sense, that's, that's like the ultimate immersive form of coaching. Um, whether it's paid or whether you're doing stuff for them and like exchanging value in somewhere, or maybe you're just living there with them or being around them for free. Um, just by being around them consistently, like they might say something here that like really changes the way you think about like what you want to do. Um, they might like do something that really opens your eyes, like all this sort of stuff, but like just being around people that are ahead of you, whatever you want to do, it's like, it's, it's in a sense coaching, um, which will like obviously help you improve extremely fast because you don't have to make the same mistakes that they did. Um, you know. So do you take a lot of those mindsets and thinkings into how you work with your students, like in your programs and such, like how does that kind of show up? Oh, hundred percent. Um, a lot of the stuff I teach people I've learned from someone else. Like there's maybe, I guess with a 3d aspect, there's a, because I just know so much about it now, there's a bit more creativeness in terms of like, uh, creative problem solving for my students and stuff like that, just because I know where, like how the, all the systems and stuff work. Um, but when it comes to like just general principles of like how you get good at things, 
um, how you become successful at different things, um, the way to think about solving different problems and the way you get good at things. It's like most of the time I've learned it from another coach um, or someone else that I was around that was a lot better than me. Um, a lot of the stuff I teach, I've learned from guys that were like creative directors and studios and stuff like that. And mm. they grilled me and taught that stuff. And it's like, that was really good. I should teach that to my students. And mm. it's no surprise that they'll get good results just because it's a, it's really good uh, teachings, but I learned that from other people as well. Um, it's funny, like, and there's a lot of things where if you just follow certain systems and principles and rules, like you'll just get good results just because it's in a, in a weird way. It's, I wouldn't say it's a formula, but it's just a process that works. Um, and if you just adopt that same process, uh, you can get really good results as well. Um, yeah. You said something quite interesting. You, like I'm kind of changing the words a little bit, but you mentioned what you're teaching a lot of your students that you're working with in your programs is you're saying you're teaching them what works how to learn what doesn't work so it's like almost you're teaching like a general framework of getting better at things but then obviously the focus in this case is is 3d but mm. it could be applied almost in any way yeah in a sense it's like how do you get good at a skill set? Because you could, um, I could be teaching all the technical 3D stuff in the world, but if you're, let's say, you want to get into doing electronics and you're busy modeling furniture and doing that, it's like you're getting good at the wrong thing. Like that's just one example. Um, but also, like the way you get, like the process that you take for getting good at 3D, like there's ways of getting good at 3D a lot faster than some people are doing. Some people spend like weeks and months on like a single project. Um, and if, like there's other people that get results really quickly within just a couple of weeks, you know? So like there's different methods that you can use um, to get good at 3D faster. Um, so yeah, it's like teaching them in the technical stuff of like, oh, this is how you do different things in different areas in 3D, but it's also like, this is what the structure you should follow if you want to get good faster um, as opposed to taking a long time. And yeah. You know. oh, okay. So, so if you've seen someone that you're working with, he's like they've been on a single project that's just going on and on and on, and you're just like, hey, like no, you need to cut that now. I mean, you can finish it, or you can switch a project and focus on something that's actually going to improve your skills faster. Yeah, it's like um, it's like one like working on the skills that's actually going to impact you and benefit you um it's like encoding you're not going to learn a language that you're never going to use you know um so like the same with 3d um it's like yeah like learn the skills do the types of projects that you want to work in um like don't do like beverages if you're never going to do hide by beverage company and you just want to work with jewelry it's like there's there's no point but people do that you know it's like oh i'm going to practice doing beverages for a week it's like why why are you doing that and like um yeah it's like one it's like getting good at the right things but there's also processes that you can do to get good at things faster um as opposed to taking a long time because yeah as you said people have i've seen people just spend weeks and weeks and haven't really done much um and it's like okay like let's cut this off here um we need to change something if you honestly want to get your results quickly um so yeah 
That's interesting. I feel like it, it ties back to, well, essentially how you got started. Like you learned out of necessity. Like, what do I need to know right now that's going to get me closer as opposed to like, oh, I've got all this time in the world to just try things. You're like, no, what's, what do I need to know? What's going to get me kind of there type of thing? Yeah, in a sense, I, I didn't, yeah, that I was, I didn't really feel like I had a bunch of years because everyone at the time was going off to university and stuff and I still barely had anything to my name. Um, so it's like, okay, like if you want to make money, like what are the things that you need to do? And um, I realized like products was like a big thing. Um, so that's something that I just focused on more and more. Um, and then like obviously getting in contact with people that are like creative directors and stuff, you're like, okay, this is what companies at the time that I was working at uh, really valued. And that's what I focused on. I didn't do like, um, I didn't focus on like 3D characters or this or that or any other area just because I knew at the time like products was um, the best thing for me and um, something I was really good at, so. Yeah, yeah. What, was there a moment for you that you kind of realized you're like, shit, I'm starting to actually get really good at this stuff? Um, you go through weird phases, like uh, there's like a phase where you think you're good at 3D and then then there's the next phase where you realize how it's like weird. It's like it's you think you're good at 3D and then you realize what being good at 3D really is like and you yeah. realize how bad you actually are and how <laughs> far down the line you are. Yeah. Um, and then it's like you get to a phase where you're like, oh, wow, I'm actually like pretty good at this. And then there's another phase you're like, whoa, this guy's so much further ahead, but I'm pretty decent. And then, it, yeah, it gets to a point where you kind of like there's something in your brain. It's just like, OK, you know, you know what's going on here. Uh, just the, the way you can kind of solve problems and stuff. And like you can just look at a still image and you like know exactly what to do. And like th at that moment, it's kind of like, oh, wow, I actually know more than most people at this point. Obviously, as you speak to a lot of people, you realize how far back a lot of people actually are. And then, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's the whole thing. Like we don't realize we're getting better at something. Well, it kind of works in both directions. It's like, we don't realize we're getting better at something until we see someone who's totally like new or like really yeah. a beginner. And you're like, oh damn, I was there like three years ago or two years ago. And like, you just see it as like so obvious now. Then you also see the yeah. people who are, really far ahead and like can't even like understand their frameworks really or like their mindsets yeah it was funny there was a time when i thought i was really good and i guess a lot of people that uh there was a lot of people that looked up to me at the time um so i was like oh i'm pretty i'm pretty good compared to the people that are watching me and the people i'm around um and then you you hang out with someone that's like 10 years ahead of you and then he just grills your work and you're like, wow, I'm not as good as I thought. And you see how good he is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting process, um, <laughs> say the least. <laughs> yeah, I guess it also can be a little bit uh, validation-y. Like if you kind of surrounded by people that you're the, like you're the top kind of person there like you're the most skilled you're like oh i like being the top person but then mm. it's like unless you break out you're just going to stay there and there's so much more room to grow type of thing 
Yeah, that's why I find I find it so important now. It's like that. Uh, there's this rule where it's like you spend thirty percent of the time of the people with people that are below you, like thirty percent of people, thirty percent of your time like on the same level, and thirty percent of time with people that are above you. Um, just because if you're like always hanging around with people below you, you always think you're on top, um, and then that's going to catch you off guard. The same as if you're like you're always just working with people that are kind of at your level, you still kind of comfortable but not super happy um and then like if you also but if you're also spending time with people that are above you it's always keeping you in check like you might be like oh i'm really good at this yeah. and then they're like no you're not um it kind of kicks your ego in gear and always make sure that you're you're always improving um so you like need a mix of the people otherwise you know so i mean uh it sounds like you have like a bit of a passion kind of imparting that stuff to the people you work with as well. Like what kind of inspired you to go the teaching direction and having programs and things like that? Um, there was a few reasons. Um, one, I was just kind of getting bored of what I was doing at the time. Uh, just like doing more and more projects um kind of getting over it like I wasn't learning that much new and I knew there was a lot more I still could have learned in 3D but like at that point I wasn't that interested in learning more about it mm-hmm. um and at the time like my focus was more on like oh how do I make more money how do I focus on other areas of my life I was becoming less and less of a computer person as time went along um granted I've spent a lot of my life on computers so it makes sense that I'll get over it at some point um so like there was like a getting bored, like wanting to make more money, but also um, to be honest, I just knew if I did like coaching and stuff, I would probably do less work just based on like a lot of coaches that I knew. Um, but then there's obviously the aspect of helping people. At the time I was already doing a lot of, like I was helping thousands of people online through tutorials and like all sorts mm. of stuff. And I was like actively helping people and commenting and all that stuff. But you can only do that for so long. And at some point it's like, okay, like, if I, if I want to do this stuff full time, I need to be making more money and there needs to be more of a return for me. Um, and, uh, I was like, cool, like I can maybe just switch into doing this full time, uh, charge higher rates and stuff like that, but then at least focus on it hundred percent. Um, and yeah, for me, it was also just something new. Um, it's like, if it doesn't work, you just go back to doing projects and stuff online anyway. Like I knew I was in high demand. Um, so it's like, okay, let's at least just try this and, and see what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, yeah, like an important thing that you mentioned. It's like, yeah, it's nice to try to help everyone. If you can, like you were saying, you have all these amazing tutorials and you were even responding to comments and stuff, which I'm sure there were like, it was a lot, I like kind of a lot to keep your head around, but it's like, when you stretch yourself too thin, you're kind of giving everyone a, a much smaller percent in in what you, in regards to what you can because you spread so thin. Yeah. So it's like, do I help more people, but in a much reduced way, or do I reduce the amount of people I'm helping, but like they're getting a hundred percent essentially. hundred percent. Like, like even if you, if I'm commenting on YouTube videos, for example, you have no idea what the context is, who they are. You don't even know if they, the question they are, they're asking is the right question, you know, like mm. they could be asking something that's not even relevant to where they're at. They could have just been emotional and they're just crying. They don't even want to, you to fix their problem. Like you have no idea. And like, you can't realistically help people 
if you've got like thousands of people that are asking for help. Um, and that's also the thing with like, uh, like an online course, for example, where you just get the videos, it's like, yeah, you, they're paying less, but still, what if they have questions? What if they need help with this and that? And like, um, if you've got a thousand people in your program, it's like really hard to help each individual. So it's like, um, if you want to reduce the amount of people that you're helping so that you can help them more, it's like, you have to just increase your prices. And, um, if you're doing something that you feel is very valuable to people, um, it shouldn't really be a problem, um, charging higher rates, but then at least, um, it's almost like a good thing having less people. Cause as you said, you can get them better results. You have more time mm. to help them out individually. Um, like I'm very strict with the people that I let in, I could have let in a lot of people into the program, but it's like, you just know some people are going to be a lot to manage. Some people are going to be difficult to work with. And like, you've got like 50 people that are just, uh, high maintenance. Like you have no time to actually help the people that really want to get good at the stuff. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I've, I've also seen that a lot in like clients and stuff that I've spoken to in regards to what I do. And they like literally the one lady I speak to this this morning, she said like, yeah, I had someone helping me with my, my website, which I don't really do website stuff, but she was like, yeah, I had someone set up a WordPress site for me, but it wasn't the greatest there. There was a language barrier and also um, it was time zones, but it also makes me think about, I've heard those stories before, especially when it comes to like agencies, like, they'll take on too many projects at too low of a price point. And then they're just juggling like 20 clients at a time and no one gets proper focus. And like, people can feel that people can feel when you're not like hundred percent there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. That's very interesting. It's like a, it's a weird thing. It's like a, if you, there's two sides. Like if you're someone that's going out there and looking for someone to get a problem solved and you want to charge low rates, it's like the chances are they're going to give you a bad project. They're going to take up a lot of your time, communication problems, all sorts of stuff like that. Mm. Um, and that's just going to be an even bigger problem for you. Um, and the same as like, oh, if you're looking for help from someone else and you expecting to get a really low rate, it's like you're going to get bad service as well. Um, I've often found like the people that paid the most and paid the quickest and paid the full amount have been like the best clients to work with just because they actually value your work at that price. So they'll take it seriously. Whereas everyone that's like asking for discounts and payment plans and all sorts of stuff like this, very often they've been like the most high maintenance people and like have just been the most difficult to work with. And the same as me, like when I've uh, sign up for stuff and I pay like a low price. Like I've taken it less seriously. It's taken me more time and this and that. Whereas of like, I've paid coaches like a lot of money just like that, like not even thinking about it. And I've gotten the best results, um, for myself, um, and for them just because of that. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting <laughs> thing. I mean, is there like one thing you tell all the people who join your program like, I don't know, is there like a certain like mindset or something you tell them from the get-go to like always keep in mind? In terms of what pricing or? No, no, no. Just in regards to like, if you want to get the best results from working together, this is what you need to do or this is what you need to keep in mind. Is it something like that? hundred percent. Like um, our program has got like rules and stuff. It's like, 
hey, like um, just because you've paid for this stuff, like it's in my week one of my program, a lot of people like uh, they get a huge dopamine hit when they give someone money, you know, it's like, okay, I'm that the, the fact that they're transferring money makes them feel like they're doing work mm. when it's like you've, you've, you're now in the program. Now it's time to start doing work, you know? Um, so like week one, it's like, it's like you have to watch the videos, you have to follow the structure, you have to jo join our Q&A calls, uh, post on our Facebook group so that we can actually help you from doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's like, cool, you need to show up to these calls every week. You need to do the things that I'm telling you. Otherwise, you can pay me all the money you want if I'm giving you a, best, a bunch of stuff to do and you're not doing them. It's like you're just in the same position you were when you started. Um, and yeah, it's like a very set structure of things that you uh, need to do if you want to get the best results. So it's not necessarily mindsets. It's just like, this is what I've seen work with students. And this is uh, what's happened with the students uh, that I've seen, like nothing's worked for them. And like, just avoid that stuff and like do the stuff that people that have gotten the best results have done. Um, and you should get the same results, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, like it also, again, comes back to... I don't know why I keep on bringing it back to like the first thing you said, but it, it's like when you were the only things out of necessity, it's like, these are the things you need to know to get to where you want. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, mm. you need to do these things and that's going to get you the result. If you're going to go off the path or try other things, you're going to be dabbling or like, it's going to extend your journey out for, for so, so much longer. Like I know that definitely happened with me like the shiny, shiny object syndrome like oh let me try this oh let me try youtube channel which i mean some of them worked out pretty nicely but i was definitely pulling my attention in multiple directions as opposed to just 100 percent on one thing yeah 100 it's like uh you have to like we also do this in our programs like defining what your goals are like there's so much to learn like in 3d alone let alone other areas of your life um and it's like you can't learn everything it's like what is your goal? Like focus on the things that are going to get you there. And then you should get there. Like in 3d, everyone's like, I've seen this industry is like so scattered. Like everyone's just doing so much random stuff. They don't know. Like I've asked people like, how many clients do you want to have? How much do you want to make? And people haven't even thought of this stuff yet. They're busy learning all these different things inside of 3d. And they don't even know why they have no timeline. They don't know how long they, it's going to take them to get there like everyone just kind of dabbling around and that's cool if like it's a hobby for you but like if you actually want to become successful and like make progress and um get something out of it it's like you have to know what your goal your goal is and then like do the things that are relevant to that otherwise you could just be someone like that's just like i know so many people that have like 50 courses of different things and they're getting nowhere you know it's like a, rather just focus on one and commit to that um, until it works, um, that, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I feel like that's actually a good point to kind of start wrapping up. It's like, just like that running theme kind of we've had now of like, you got to know where you're trying to get to. And then you just, mm. you got to know what are the things that are going to get you there. And you just stay on that damn path. You don't go try to dabble in a bunch of things. I mean, you can for fun, but it's like you want to get somewhere like you need to just stay on that kind of that straight path and that's often where a mentor comes in or having a framework or a program type of thing so i mean if people wanted to to check out kind of what you got going on anything is there any way you'd specifically direct them to to check out 
Uh, if you just type in Arthur Whitehead on Google, um, I should have links that pop up to like YouTube, my website, all that stuff. Uh, pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. I really appreciate the time. And yeah, it's been an awesome chatting. Oh, man. Yeah, sweet. Nice to chat to you too. Same, same. Chat soon.